Mr. Jägermeister going to have to hold off. Whitmore, who's trying to win this race for the fourth consecutive year, and he just ran right on by, and he's going to run away and score Whitmore. Yes! Four hot springs in a row for the brilliant Whitmore. He won by three and a half. There were these two racing dudes named Aaron and Jared who had to buy some racing and they wanted to share it. Started a website where players go to see all their picks. The goal was make the fans some money and to cut down the risk. They put the plan into motion and at first it seemed silly. Make a website where the expert picks are freer than Willie. From a racetrack veteran to just a beginner. There's one place that you want to go to find you a winner. As a matter of fact, I want to hit the exacta. There's only one site that shall keep coming back to so next time that the horses all line up at the post make sure you use the website that'll win you the most whether churchill oakland Goldstream parks and matoga and all tracks in between there's only one side to go to when it comes to your racing needs and all of your bets plus it's got a catchy name that no one ever forgets racingdudes.com for all of your needs racingdudes.com for all of your leads racingdudes.com for all of your bets racingdudes.com as good as it gets racingdudes.com for all of your needs racing Dudes.com for all of your leads, racingdudes.com for all of your bets, racingdudes.com as good as it gets. What is up, I'm Jared Welch, he's Aaron Halterman. It's Thursday, March 17th, and this is Blinkers Off the Man. What is up, everybody? Yeah, welcome, uh, welcome to the show. A rare uh, weekend in March without a Kentucky Derby prep. That is really strange to say out loud. Uh, I can't believe we don't have one this week, but here we are, but it gives us a chance to kind of catch our breath and then regroup before the next three weeks. Well, yeah, that makes it makes it like I'm obviously I would prefer to have a derby um, action this weekend, but you know March Madness is going on currently, and it kind of gives us something uh, to be keeping us busy. And I know a lot of people that are uh, racing fans uh, that you know listen to this show also are obviously. I mean, everyone's betting on March Madness right now, so. At least you have that. Normally, it, it does feel weird because normally, like, Rebel Weekend, you've always got March Madness going. So that's kind of the the depressing thing because normally we'd be down there um, and you got a big racing going on. And then, then it's like, oh, and also, by the way, it's March Madness. But, you know, here we are. It's, it's what it is, right? They they changed the schedule, and that's why you have this hole in the schedule. They, they changed it, and so now we have no Rebel, and uh, there was no other track that thought, oh, we should slide something in. Like, even the Sutherland Derby would kind of be cool to have this weekend on its own, you know. But uh, yeah, we have what we have, and that is, like I said, the Whitmore and the Essex. It's a really good card at Oakland. We've got great racing, as always, at Gulfstream, Santa Anita, places like that. So so a lot going on, but yeah, it gives us that kind of time to catch the breath, re- regroup, and then it's going to be just three weeks of madness uh, to, to steal the March Madness term uh, after that. Don't I mean? Maybe it's, maybe we're 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 expecting too much from our sport, but doesn't it seem too logical, like for Sunland to be like, "Hey, that weekend's open now. Let's have that on our own," because now you're competing with obviously the Louisiana Derby. Uh, the day before and then you've got uae derby and that whole weekend uh, yeah it's on a sunday put it on a saturday and make it like a decent card and people might bet it this weekend they're running on saturday tomorrow or uh sorry uh, tomorrow when you listen to this two days away from now they are they are running a card at sunland so it's not like it would be too far out of the norm uh, <laughs> I, I don't know there's just not a lot of coordination when it comes to this and that's that's where we're at, right? Uh, so so we're stuck here with nothing. It's uh, the the moral of the story. Uh, Dave, happy St. Patrick's Day to you as well. Um, Dave's having a big day. He's currently the only one with a perfect bracket in the Racing Dudes Bracket Challenge. Geez, he's got a perfect bracket completely. Yes, he's eight for eight right now. Uh, he, like I said, there's ninety, I think ninety entries exactly. He's the only one with the perfect bracket. He's eight for eight. Um, Damn, and then, then there's ten or eleven in second with uh, with seven out of eight. So don't know who you have in these games right now that are going on, but uh, eight for eight in the early games today for Dave. Last I looked, I was on the second page, so I know <laughs> it's not it's not going well. Um, it's it's bad whenever, you know, it took four hours for me to lose, uh, Iowa in the final four. So, um, (laughs) started off rough, but I have had a few upsets that uh, have gone my way. I have. And so, um, I don't know. I, I, who do you have in the finals? 
Uh, I have Gonzaga and Kentucky, and then I also have, um, geez, if I could remember, Wisconsin and Arizona. And then I have Arizona, Gonzaga, and then Arizona winning it. So, I mean, my I've lost games today, but I haven't lost, like, teams that I have been – like the have gone a long way. It's just yeah. one round basically. Um, but that's in jeopardy as UConn is, uh, they're getting beat with three minutes or four minutes to go. They're behind. So we'll see if that sticks, but I, I've just lost one rounder so far, but I've, I've lost plenty of those. How do you, <laughs> how far do you, how far do you have UConn going? Uh, I have, yeah, sorry, Derby bandit. That's bad news. If we have the same final four, uh, I have UConn winning two. So, that would be uh, that would not be good if they lost, but it's tied now, isn't it? Uh, it is a two point game, 55, 53, 425 to go in that one. Yeah, Mark, I, I thought I heard too. I heard a lot. I didn't actually, I filled it out last night, like two in the morning. So I was like, shit, I forget. I forgot about that. And so I filled it out. And somehow I just ended up with Iowa and they were so hot ending the season. I thought, well, maybe they'll make a run. Well, apparently everyone thought they would make a run. So, um, I- yeah, I don't. Yeah, I knew real quick watching that. I, I was able to watch some of the game early on, and I watched the end of it. I knew early on. I texted you. I was like, "They, this is not gonna like. They're not a Final Four team. They may win today. I, you know, they obviously didn't, but I thought they they just looked like shit. I don't know what that was. So no, they were awful. Yeah, they were awful today. And I like said a team that had been playing really, really well. So and they they were bad. Yeah, Kentucky. Uh, look at that. That could be a big one. Kentucky 56 55 to St. Peter's. Yep. And uh I have Kentucky winning it all. So that would really cap off the uh that would cap off the whole thing, right? Well, I have Kentucky in the final four, so yeah. Um, well, you know, it's it'd be I think I have Kentucky Arizona. Is that right? Mm, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh there was one one person in the group uh that picked Iowa to win the national championship. Hey, oh, yeah. there you go. <laughs> I did better. That's not good. <laughs> well, hey, yeah, uh hopefully, you know, a lot of you are that are listening are, are in that. So you know, give us something to to talk shit about for the next uh, couple weeks. And yep. um yeah, it's always fun. It's like, you know, you I, I remember I don't get worked up about it anymore, but you fill it out and you get pissed and oh hey Philly. Oh, visitor <laughs> there's philly um i always get so pissed like and i'm like dude you watch almost zero <laughs> college basketball all year you yeah. fill out a bracket in 10 minutes and you're mad <laughs> that you didn't have the perfect brackets like it's march madness so right yes exactly <laughs> it's just what it is right it, I, don't, I don't take the bracket too serious uh the first weekend is very tough mr okie dokie we'll talk about our fantasy teams next so don't worry mm-hmm. um he says, you know, only thing worse is talking about the bracket <laughs> talk is talking about your fantasy team. We'll talk about that coming up. Don't worry. Um, no, we'll try to save that. But no. So, yeah, um, huge weekend, like you said. And oh, by the way, this is a fun, first f- funny story. And, and Dave, this is what's this is why I was so mad about this is I was watching the game and my little boy was like, I'm rooting for the blue team or whatever, you know, because I was rooting for Iowa and he's like, He's like, you know why? I said, why? Because he's five. He's like, the spider. They're Spider-Men. <laughs> I'm like, why did I not pick them? Like, that was like a no-brainer. I should have picked them. So the spiders. <laughs> so I, I started rooting for the spiders just for him, and he was that happy about that. But there you go. Um, we burned up dad's bracket, and you know, the spiders won. So, anyways, yeah, huge weekend um coming up next weekend. Obviously, this weekend with the uh the uh the Oakland card, of course, the Whitmore, the inaugural Whitmore Stakes, which will be fun to talk about. We, have, of course, formerly known the Hot Springs, and um, this is it, guys. A week, uh, a month from now, we'll be done. The, you know, the preps will be over. That's what's it's insane, dude. Uh, you know, it, it's crazy because here in Missouri, it's just now starting to feel like spring, like just now. Finally, you know, we're short sleeve shirt, dude. I know, right? I, yeah. I got the deck stuff uh, the other day cleared out and like the deck you know furniture back out and stuff and um but it's like we're a month away from basically all we're going to talk about is who's in the derby so shit man it feels like it just started i mean literally just feels like that week uh the uh january 1st uh weekend there and it feels like that was just like two weeks ago yeah i know it's crazy it it is it is really just flown by 
to me, it's, it feels like the Pegasus just happened. And of course, that was in January. So, uh, yeah, here we go, though. I mean, uh, that's, that's usually how it goes. It'll sneak up on you. And it's crazy to think the last round of preps are here next week. I mean, the 100-point race is finally yep. here. And then, you know, for us here at, at home, so to speak, uh, Arkansas Derby a couple weeks earlier than normal. And how about this? Will Rogers opens on Monday. You'll be making totally sure. snuck up on me as well. So <laughs> it's crazy. Hey, uh, speaking of, well, while we're kind of just bullshitting here, I wanted to bring this up just to get the chat fired up. What are your thoughts on the announcement from Churchill Downs <laughs> announcing their Arlington Million Day, which it took a second because at first you're like, wait, no, they're going to have it Churchill Downs and it's a special day one day before the meet even begins. What are your thoughts on, and let me look up the date. It's like August something. August 13th uh, is the date. And um, million, all the, you know, all the, the same, the pucker up and you know the same ones they run there. Normally in Arlington, <laughs> Churchill squashes Arlington. Then they bring their races there. That is just, I could, I mean, I kind of assumed it would create some firestorm, but boy, it really did. Well, anything they did was going to do this because that what they did was wrong, right? So I guess if you're going to look at it half uh, glass half full, at least they're running in those races. They didn't just say the hell with them, but it is a stab in the heart to everybody that enjoyed Arlington, went to Arlington, called Arlington their home track, worked at Arlington, et cetera. Like, you know, blank, across the board, no matter – you're connected it is definitely a stab right right to the heart uh, uh of, of all those people um yeah again at least they're gonna run them that's about all you can say positive there's nothing else it, it's like sometimes people operate in their own bubble and they don't think what the outside world is gonna think when they make announcements like this or uh, so, you know, whatever you want to say, announcements or, or decisions, it's like, how did, how did you think that was going to, how did you think people were going to react to that? Because I know, you, right. You, you couldn't have been shocked. So it, it, it does seem a little like, you know, like, uh, you know, like, like we're, tr- we're doing the right thing here by, by having it, you know, like, that's we how just they worded it. And you never would have, you know, saw it again. We're like, no, no, we're going to have Arlington Million Day and yeah. pay respect, so to speak. But it, it feels a little bit like, like the hitman who killed the guy is coming back and been like, hey, we're going to celebrate a day for him this week or whatever. And you're like, really? Because you killed the track and and people weren't happy about it then. And now you're going to bring back the races, but have it at your track. So... It'll be interesting. The other thing too that I, I thought was in, you know, that people started bringing up was like, it's one day. What if it rains? It's you know, it's a it's it's a historic, it's a turf day. So what if it rains? I guess you've got time for that turf course to recuperate before they open up again. So <laughs> you just run up. I don't know. It's uh yeah, I mean, it's it's weird. Uh, when I read it, I thought, oh, they're gonna open up for like a little summer meet, and no, this is the one day thing. It's it's just. It's bizarre. That's the only way you can describe it. And you're right. They did kind of word it like, look what we've done. Have, yay us. And it's like, do you guys not think that there's going to be some mad people about this? Yeah. I mean, how, do you, how do you envision this playing out, you know, in your heads? Because, um, but no, it, it, I, I took it as like, I can't, to be honest, it didn't really surprise me. I was like, well, sure. Why would they not do that? You know, yeah. like, yeah. I mean, you get pissed about it all you want, but it's like, I mean, I don't, I'm not one of those like Churchill Downs haters. Like, I don't like love them, but I'm not like fuck Churchill all the time. Um, so it doesn't really surprise me that they did it. And it's like, well, I'm still going to bet it. And people are like, still going to bet it. And it's still probably going to be a big day of racing. Um, we'll see. But it is, it is, uh, you know, it's also going to be competing, of course, with, with Saratoga. Um, as well, which makes it interesting there. So what, what Churchill Jones does, but yeah, see people hate Churchill. Well, I mean, I don't blame them, you know? And I think a lot of people, not a lot of people, some people were like, well, they're going to run it. They, they bought colonial. They're going to run it, run it at colonial. And I think, 
even if they did that, people are like, well, at least they brought it to a new track and it, maybe it'll draw some attention. And, you know, Colonial Downs, it's not a bad place, but not a huge place. And maybe right. you'll get some people talking about it. No, they just put it at Churchill for a day. No big deal. Right? Fuck it. We don't care. <laughs> yeah. Coming here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna, it's going to be Arlen's Million Day at, uh, at Churchill Downs. Yeah. So anyways, thought I'd bring that up. All right. All right, we're coming up in, the, in like the next two minutes. We're going to be talking all derby stuff, and we're going to kind of open this up. We're going to talk about the races upcoming. We're going to uh, talk about the horses that are on the bubble, the horses that are in, and just, you know, if you guys have thoughts, questions, comments, we'll bring them up. We'll try to talk, answer all through those. And then we're going to do some rapid fire. Uh, we're going to do the 200K Whitmore, the two stakes action race, or two eight races uh, uh, this weekend. The only, the really only two graded ones all weekend. Um mm-hmm is uh, at Oakland, 200K Whitmore Stakes, which, of course, was the Hot Springs formerly, and then the Essex uh, Stakes as well. Both at Oakland Park, both big purses. We'll cover those in rapid fire after Derby Talk. Let's go! We have one month left of Derby Prep. That's right, the last Derby Prep officially, April 16th, the Lexington at Keeneland. Of course, that's a minor race. 100-point race is uh, pretty much here from here on out with, of course, the uh, Sunland Derby thrown in there as well for a 50-point race uh, to the winner. So, Halterman, 10 races remain in the Kentucky 2022 Kentucky Derby prep schedule. Of course, the first Saturday in May, Kentucky, Kentucky Derby is ran. We're sitting here still, and, yeah, we do have some – standouts some horses that we can know that are going to be there and that you can kind of feel like you're starting to learn a little more but these next you know four weeks are going to tell well you know three three and a half weeks are going to tell us everything right yeah absolutely and it really starts on the 26th uh forget about the uae derby that won't tell us much but the louisiana derby is the first big one and you have Epicenter down there. He he has uh, one, two of the three stakes they have that are derby preps. The one loss was to Call Me Midnight. Now, Call Me Midnight, coming back, he is uh, scheduled to, to uh, face a rematch here with Epicenter. But once you get past those two, you've got a lot of question marks. Pioneer of Medina, the fourth-place finisher of the Risen Star, going to come back in and run. Uh, the Brad Cox allowance winner from Oakland Park, Zozo's coming and rattle and roll rumored to come for Kenny McPeak. After that, it's not very good. There's not a lot of horses left. It's very possible Epicenter has an easier time uh, in this race as far as the field than what he faced in the Risen Star. So that's the first really interesting uh, thing to look at when we when we start these first uh, or these last three weeks. Yeah, you know, and like you say, you, you, I think. The other interesting part to this is, like you said, all these new shooters, and then the fact that you have some of these horses, um, like Classic Causeway last week, who are in, obviously very securely in and look really good, but you're still going to see that one more effort from him, and maybe that gives someone enough, because you know the, the numbers aren't coming back incredibly strong for him, but he just does sit atop the leaderboard, and he has looked extremely good this year. Um and so you, you're going to get those one more kind of visual tests. And even a horse like, you know, the, the one-eyed horse who, who's up there on the list, I mean, you're going to get Anuno, whatever the hell his name is, you're going to get another peek at these horses who kind of you le- start to learn. I mean, even if it's a horse-like simplification or Forbidden Kingdom is a good one, where or Morello, you know, these horses that have looked good, but then that final race – it's kind of going to tell you if, if for you, you know, you individually that are, that are handicapping the Kentucky Derby, you know, that'll tell you like how you feel about betting that horse. I mean, it's hard to bet. It's hard enough to bet a horse right now when you do these future wagers, but you finally get that last prep in and it, it can help you kind of secure the thoughts of even if the horse doesn't win. You know, if you're like, even on smile happy, maybe this is the moment he kind of breaks through uh, it kind of gets back there to the winner circle, or maybe it kind of tells you, you know what, I just, I don't think he's going to be good enough to do it. And so this final, for even the good ones, it gives you one kind of final view. Like the worst is when a horse say classic Causeway, like that's what I, we were talking about uh, the other day, you and I, it's like, you want classic Causeway to run some somewhere again, you know, because he will be the horse that burns you one way or another. If they train up to the Kentucky Derby. 
Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And and also you get a situation this year where uh, if you go to, to the next week on April 2nd to the Florida Derby, you have a horse like Wyda Barrio, who we haven't seen since the right. Holy Bowl. And that's been a long time. And so now Wyda Barrio comes in, like I said, haven't seen him since the Holy Bowl. And he takes on Simplification, who won the Fountain of Youth, the race that Wyda Barrio skipped. So that is another, that's a big test. We saw that Wyda Barrio could beat Simplification in the Holy Bowl. Has simplification closed that gap? So the Florida Derby, very, uh, very important to see how those two horses perform. And then you've got a horse like Charge It, uh, who's who's coming in for Todd Fletcher that has zero points, coming off a maiden, and going to have to try to go up and face, uh, you know, a very, a very accomplished group. So interesting to kind of see how that unfolds. Uh, Charge It is kind of the one um, that you know maybe maybe Fletcher has a really really good one here, but we saw that in the Fountain of Youth with Emmanuel. And it didn't work out. We have a lot of people asking, or a couple of people asking about Cyberknife. So it's on the same day, the Arkansas Derby, Derby April 2nd. And Cyberknife, yes, he is pointing towards the Arkansas Derby. So mm-hmm. Brad Cox uh, flip-flopped the two. We thought Cyberknife would go to the Louisiana Derby. Zozo's Arkansas? No, they flip-flop. Zozo's to Louisiana. Cyberknife goes to Arkansas. And, of course, Arkansas, the big news is the Philly Secret Oath officially heading there as well. So you get Secret Oath going up against the boys. You get Cyberknife, who absolutely needs points. We the People, another Cyberknife-ish type horse that has zero points and needs needs points, two for two there at Oakland. And then, of course, like you said, Uno Ho uh, and uh, Barber Road should be coming back as well, the more established horses. So that Arkansas Derby is the opposite of the Florida Derby and Louisiana Derby. There's horses that need points and conceivably can get points in the Arkansas Derby. Yeah. I mean, you just look at, for instance, you know, your top 20 list and you got horses like Emmanuel and, and Cyberknife and Zozos and Charge It. These are all in the top 20, Secret Oath. Um, you know, you could throw in like a Morello, even though he's got points. We still, you know, he's, there is still question marks with him, Classic Causeway. Um, White Barrio is a really good one there. So these are horses that are all top 20. And the ones I mentioned first don't have any points or very few points at all. And and so you, it's like, I, you know, for those, well, obviously for a horse like Cyberknife and Zozos and the manual and charge it secret oath, even, I mean, if they end up, they actually, you know, they say they're not going to run her in the Derby, no matter what, we'll see about that. But um, this is it, right? You know, you gotta, you, you obviously have to be, um, good enough to win here. Uh, you know, there's no more time for these three-year-olds uh, if you're wanting to make uh, the Kentucky Derby. So those horses are the ones, you know, in critical danger uh, of basically losing uh, a shot at, to, to run here because that's it. I mean, you're talking about allowance horses. Emmanuel had a shot at the Fountain Youth, you know, finished fourth. He's got to be better. Charge it, we don't know yet. Uh, we'll see, but he should, you know, secret oath. Like, these are all horses that must run well not even like like even if a horse runs second or third some a lot of times they're like well they're not good enough and they'll skip and they'll go to the preness or whatever so this is like it's just a huge um last you know a couple weeks here when we go into the uh, of course louisiana derby ua derby sunland florida when you start to figure out who these horses are yeah absolutely you talk about a horse like emmanuel uh the rumor is he is going to the bluegrass we don't know that for certain uh, to me if i'm a horse that really needs points or i if i have a horse that really needs points i should say i'm i'm pointing either to the arkansas derby or the bluegrass it seems like that's kind of the spot but with kenny mcpeak it seems like smile Happy's gonna go to the bluegrass now you really it's hard to to guess but smile Happy's gonna be there classic causeway is gonna be there uh, Doug O'Neill has said slow down Andy also could go there give him one more shot at the bluegrass uh, so, and then not cyber I thought Zandon would be the other one so if Emmanuel goes there I don't know if he fits in quite as well with that group as he would in Arkansas so I think that's a very interesting spot for maybe um, you know somewhere to somebody to go to try to steal some points there in Arkansas the bluegrass I don't know man that's kind of some heavy hitters uh, that are showing up there so and the the other weird thing this year is the Wood Memorial. It seems like it's going to be a pretty strong race. And I, that's something that you haven't said a, a lot about in the past about that race. 
But Mo Donegal going up there, he's a horse that looks better with each passing week for Pletcher because horses that he's been competitive yeah. with have won. And then also uh, Morello in early voting. Early voting's Withers win looks better every week because horses are coming back and running well out of it. And Morello, of course, gets a big number in the Gotham, going to stretch out uh, for the first time. So uh, all of a sudden, the Wood Memorial looks very, very interesting. Yeah, and uh, I agree with – it is weird, you know, because Pletcher's had plenty of success with sending horses to Arkansas. Um for the Arkansas Derby. So it is weird to me that he doesn't try that angle. Um, well, I'm with I've you. Heard, I, I, I've heard doppelganger could go to Arkansas. Are you afraid of doppelganger? No, no, I, I'm not. No. Um, but I guess I, I get the, I get the fear. And so to speak, um, it, the, the, the interesting thing about the bluegrass is there aren't, uh, you know, I agree with you. They're like, it's just way too many unknowns about those horses. You know, while a lot of them are not, it's not like a, you know, whoever epicenter is not going there, or, you know, or Messier or whatever. Like, so, but you still have a bunch of other ones who need points. So, you know, you're going to get, it's going to be tough. Like Emmanuel's going to have to be, uh, you know, and I think the fact that they, changed okay how do you look at the chart by the way uh messier someone asked messier is running in the santini derby that's where he's going he's been putting up bullet work so this horse is um is ready to go we're gonna get the forbidden kingdom messier match up there and and we still don't know what what you know this horse is obviously still trained by bob baffert who can't get points uh so unless he's got a trainer switch prior to that race um messier will not be running the kentucky derby because even if he wins he gets zero points. And I, even if something changes in, in the legal proceedings, I still find it very, very, very unlikely that they would go back and back, uh, whatever you want to, what's the word, but they go back and backfill these past races with what they would have got. I just don't think that's going to happen. Um, so to me, you're going to have to have a trainer switch prior to the Santini Derby. If Messier is to run uh, in the Kentucky Derby, it, which is, which However you want to look at it, he's the best horse. So it's a bummer, but uh, Preakness, I would say, uh, for him. But back to the the some of these you know, bluegrass and whatnot. When you look at the Todd Pletcher situation, obviously, Mo Donegal will see him in the wood. When you talk about after the Fountain of Youth, you're like, okay, you know, Manuel, you know, maybe he wasn't like, maybe he's not a freak like we thought, but he definitely deserves another try because he had a bad trip and he was wide and blah, blah, blah. Florida Derby, like, you know, and then they, he switches them. Now Chargers go on the Florida Derby. And then we're like, well, I don't know where Emmanuel's going. We still don't know, like you say. So do you look at that like Charge it is going to be, te- it's his first try, you know, in stakes and it's an all or nothing type of, of, of situation. Like, let's not ship him. Let's keep it easy on him as easy as we can. Or do you look at that like, he's the best Todd Pletcher horse and he's going to run him in the best prep, which is the Florida Derby. I think I look at it as he was supposed to go to Tampa. Something had to have happened to him, had to have a hiccup of some sort, wasn't training very well. And so they just said, all right, we'll pause on him. We'll send him to Florida. Emmanuel's got a little more experience and we'll try to ship him somewhere. I mean, that's, that's what it is to be. I don't think, you know, I think Charge at this point is the only one left for Pletcher that has that huge potential that's an unknown. I think we kind of have figured out that Emmanuel, he is kind of what he is at this point. Maybe he can go to the Bluegrass and pick up a big win, but at this point, I'm not sure. And then you got Modonigal, and he's been penciled in for the wood forever. So I, I don't think, you know, I think it was just like, well, let's keep Charge at home. You know, he's had a setback of a minor setback, probably of some sort, if you read between the lines. So that's kind of it's kind of what I think is going on there. I, I don't know who his best horse is. It might be Mo Donegal. And if it is, I don't think he's going to win the Derby. I don't. I, I, I have a unless I, to me, it's charge it and it's. Uh, and it's no one else. I, I, I feel like we're in a situation that you're going to have a couple. I, I do still think you're going to have two or three Todd Fletchers in the Derby because I, I think charge it should be good enough. I, I still think, okay, we'll call him unknown. Bo Donegal should get in. 
Um, and I'm banking on a manual running, you know, top three in, in his next race. So I don't think it's out completely crazy to think he's going to have three in the race. Definitely. I feel like two is possible, but I also think, whereas a couple weeks ago, a month ago, we're like, well, which Pletcher is going to be the favorite. It's going to be one of them. And now you're like, are they all going to be like 10, 15 to one, you know, like it just seems like we've, we've definitely, uh, you know, he, his horses have just slowly fallen off one by one to me, unless charge it just freaks, you know, and, and shows that he is like, super super good that's the only horse that i could see taking strong attention to come derby time yeah absolutely and i think mo donegal uh will be the shortest price if he runs well in the wood i really do the thing about it is with charge it he's he's gonna have to be really good to win and to beat white barrio and simplification i mean i just don't think there's a world where he does that uh i, I just i just couldn't support him there so it, it it really it's 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 an odd thing to be sitting here with these pletchers and, and just be you know questioning what's going to happen w- with him and what's going to happen with these horses i'm not quite sure you also have a pioneer of medina who i don't think is a threat but can definitely get in the derby because he's just got to finish third or better in louisiana next week and he's going to be in and it's it seems like an easier field than the rhythm star so pioneer of medina might be able to qualify he's mm-hmm. one it's like Shit, I didn't even remember that horse was trained by Todd Pletcher. <laughs> like, yep. he's the most to- un-Todd Pletcher-like horse ever. His last three starts now after the Louisiana Derby next weekend will have been at fairgrounds. <laughs> it's unbelievable. By the way, uh, I just—I I actually stopped looking. I just looked again. The Kentucky game's going to overtime. Yep. Yes, Kentucky game going <laughs> to overtime. <laughs> Unreal. How bad yeah. is that, man? It's oh, unbelievable. Uh, uh all right so yeah you know i think um it is interesting what they're what i do agree with pioneer medina because that's the horse like no one's talking about and i don't necessarily think he's overly good i just think he might be able to pick up enough points to sneak in um so yeah i do think pletcher's gonna but again i just don't see them all as much threats in any of those races um yeah someone asked about the jeff ruby you know we uh, we thought for a while that tis the bomb would end up going there after he had ran well um and sound like he doesn't want to even go there now no he's he's supposedly uh pointing towards the florida derby uh the jeff ruby right now i see three horses listed great escape god of love and tawny pork uh, Tony Port, the Brad Cox horse, has two wins over that surface. Then he's shifting to the Risen Star at Fairgrounds, did not run well. So now he's back uh, at, at turf weight. But just that's all there is at this point. So um, the, the answer is we don't really know who's going to be in that race right now. Yeah. And it's weird, too. It's it, for a horse, I don't know, like for a horse that, like, tis the mom who, you know is talented i don't think that's a debate there but is he talented on dirt i don't think he is or at least he's definitely not derby quality but if you want to get in you could just go run that circuit over there and you get 50 points to win that thing and and uh no it's 100 i'm sorry mm-hmm. yeah it's 100 I, yeah, I forget that it's 100 now so 140 i mean so shit man you just gotta you get in so to me, I don't take anything serious that comes out of Turfway. I mean, I just—it's just almost. I think it was the Animal Kingdom, wasn't he the? Mm-hmm. Didn't he? Wasn't he a Turfway guy? Uh, of course, yep. that course ran on everything. Um, so, but I just don't. I, I don't understand this logic of okay, he went back to synthetics. He looked really good. Let's take him back to the dirt where he was awful the time before. I just don't. I don't understand that. I, I've never understood it. I think I think it's crazy. I think it's absolutely crazy that, that that's a hundred point race. I hate that race. Um, if you want to make it 50 fine and get the winner into it, that's fine with me. I don't care, but to, to make it a hundred is pretty wild. Um, but you know, I, I definitely think, um, like I said, like, like, like Reese said shit. I mean, it's an easy hundred points. I mean, if you've got one that's struggling and you think they can handle it and that's why I don't, I just don't understand why tis the bomb. If you want him in the Kentucky Derby, that's the race, right? Put yeah, him that's in just that it. race. Like, you, if you're try, if your goal is to have a horse in the Kentucky Derby, why are you not in that race? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know the answer. 
Like if, if your whole point of the first part of the season is to get him there, you ran him in Florida, he was awful. You came over here to Turfway and he won, and now you're going to run him back in Florida. I, I I don't have an explanation for that one. To me, he and he's probably eight to five if he enters the if he enters the the, the Jeff Ruby. So I I don't know. And you're gonna and you're gonna pick him, you know, like he should win because, mm-hmm. like you say, you don't even know that like, you don't have a lot of faith and. And who's over there? Um, all right. So obviously we got a, a big uh, couple of weeks ahead of us here. Lots to find out. Obviously we'll have tons of coverage on all that and kind of keep you guys updated as we as we find out more. But r- before we leave this segment, what race is there? Any race out of the what's left that you're really yet circled that you're just really thinking we're going to learn? This is the, like I'm or I'm on the fence about this horse or whatever. And this I need. I need to see this one last race in order to me to go be over the edge with him. Well, there's two. The San Anita Derby might be better than the Kentucky Derby if Messier doesn't go to Kentucky. Like, that's going to be an incredible race, Messier and Forbidden Kingdom. I mean, that it doesn't get any better than that. So I am overly excited about that. Honest to God, and I didn't think this would be the answer, but the Arkansas Derby is the one I can't wait for because we have Secret Oath, and she hasn't she hasn't been asked to really run and she's running buyers in the nineties. What if she goes all out? How good is she? Can she beat the boys? Will she beat them very easily? All questions that the answer, I mean, that answer to the last question could be yes. Like what if she has another gear and she kicks it in and beats them by five or six? I mean, it, it just throws a huge monkey wrench into this. And then on the flip side, not to think negatively, but it's certainly possible. What if she gets up against the boys and wilts? And then all of a sudden, Arkansas is really in trouble. Oh, wait, maybe they're not. What if We the People jumps up? What if Cyberknife jumps up? To me, that's the one with the most intrigue because it may be we are left with the same feeling after the Rebel where, wow, this is bad. These horses are bad. Or we could see a superstar jump up there. So Arkansas Derby, interesting, biggest race, the race that has potential to be the most exciting. Santa Anita Derby. Yeah, I actually, I agree with that. I definitely think the Santa Anita Derby in on paper is the one I'm most excited for, just in terms yeah. of these horses are going to throw it down and it's going to be fun to watch. And 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 for a lot of reasons, you might argue that it's Messier's Kentucky Derby, like you said. Um, we'll know obviously before that who's who he's trained by. But the other thing, I think the two races for me, if you don't count the Santa Anita Derby like as far as pivotal, I think are the bluegrass and, uh, and the Arkansas Derby, you know, because the bluegrass has kind of a mishmash of horses that are a, maybe a slight cut below, but they're still trying to get in and, and, you, and horses like smile happy or Emmanuel or, um, you know, if you like uh, the take charge Andy or whatever the hell's name is, um, you're going to have, you at least that's, that's an important race. The other thing is with Arkansas, you said it, I, I think the fact that even like secret oath could freak and all of a sudden you're, you're, we're spent talking the next, you know, five weeks or whatever talking about this is a, you know, there's no Messier and mm-hmm. there's, you know, like who's name, of, you know, some name, you know, some name, some horse that won the bluegrass and, and you're like, who, who am I going to pick? I mean, she kind of seems, and by the way, her trainer has done it a time or two. Like, so it's not crazy to think that it could be, it's possible. It does. So you have that. And then the other, the flip side, if she doesn't, you know, a new shooter kind of similar to what we're going to talk about in the bluegrass, where you have the, we, the people, or you have one of the, you know, cyber, the horse that makes it, and maybe he's blossoming in at the exact right time. So to me, those are the two races that have the most intrigue in terms of bigger picture. Um, you know, for what it means for the Kentucky Derby. Yeah, but the Arkansas, like the final point is, and the Bluegrass, but they're a little more established in the Bluegrass. With Arkansas, I think the the, the best thing about it is, it, it is totally like a, we could be out at the bar that night after that and go, God damn, those horses are terrible that ran over at that track today. Like, wow. Or we legitimately could be talking about a Philly win in the Derby, or we could be talking about, wow, Cyberknife sucked and now he's great. You know, I mean, it's just like, I, I'm nothing's going to surprise me, I guess, is the, is the short way of putting it. Absolutely nothing. Like, 
if an 85 buyer wins the race, I might be like, well, that's what it's been all year at Oakland, you know? These horses suck. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just going to be a wild race. I can't wait for that one. I'm, I'm really, really curious how that's going to shake out. Tons left to find out on this yep. trail to the Kentucky Derby and, and then tons to figure out as we lead up to the Kentucky Derby. So don't sleep on it. We obviously will have all your coverage for the Kentucky Derby at RacingDudes.com. Tons of videos right here on YouTube as well. So make sure you stay tuned. You know, you get an off weekend this weekend for the Derby Trail, but get your rest because it comes back hard uh, the week after. <laughs> right, let's do some rapid fire at Oaklawn Park this weekend. Of course, no Derby preps to talk about, but we've got some action, some good racing action at Oaklawn this weekend. Two stakes to talk about and one we're very fond of, and that, of course, is Race 7, formerly the Hot Springs Stakes, and it's now called the Whitmore Stakes. It's Whitmore Day, Saturday at Oaklawn Park. You don't have a Rebel, but at least you have Whitmore Day. Grade 3 now, 200K, 4-year-olds and up, 6 furlongs. Dude, this horse, he won it, what, four years in a row? Probably would have been five if it wasn't for TZ Rocket. Uh, obviously, a race that he, I mean, as soon as he retired, you thought Whitmore has to have that race. It's got to be named after him, so it's cool to have Whitmore have his own race. Phil nine. We'll get to that in a second. What are your, I mean, how cool is it to see what, I mean, we're Oakland guys, so it's neat to see Whitmore on a race. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I don't know why Oakland doesn't do this more often uh, because they have plenty of horses they can do it with. And they like, they'll call races like the Tinsel stakes. Some of these new stakes. I know. Have. Right. And it's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like you have all these great horses that have, that have started here and ran here. Like, I mean, come on. And so I'm glad they did it with Whitmore uh pretty cool yeah I, he's also going to be there he's going to be paraded on the track so that'll be really cool as well mm-hmm. uh had some pictures of him in the stall the other day on twitter pretty cool so yeah happy to see it and happy that it drew such a great field this is a really really strong field and it's a quote-unquote oakland type of field right some locals uh that, that have really ran well and uh yeah so i i'm i'm very excited to see this yeah we need a garhill stakes i agree with Bree. Like, well, that's I, next. I mean, that yep. has to happen. Well, he's got to win the Count Fleet, and then it's going to happen. We'll change the Count. Can we change the Count Fleet to the Garhol? If he wins. Garhol yes. Fleet? No, yes. no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, all right, let's talk about the race here. We've got, it, we don't have any moquette horses, but we do have nine horses in the race, and you've got an interesting matchup between, say, if you like Hollis, who's been very, very good at five and a half furlongs, You've got Greeley and Ben, who's won 12 of his last 13, the eight-year-old gelding for, uh, for Broberg. Then you've got uh, the Bob's Edge, who was really good last time out at 5-2. to two. you got Tulane Trist at uh, 9-2. to two. So you've got some interesting horses in here. But to me, like, a lot of people think Hollis is, is the class of the race, and maybe he is, but the six furlongs, how is that going to affect him here? I think he'll be okay. Um, He has flourished at five and a half furlongs here, but you know, the one race he had at six furlongs, he wasn't going to win that race four furlongs, four and a half, five, five. It wouldn't have mattered. He just didn't show up. He is inconsistent. I do think he is the most talented horse in the race though. And Ortiz has had a great meet talking about the trainer, John Ortiz, Ricardo Santana aboard. So I think Hollis is going to be pretty tough here. Um, but you're right, Greeley and Ben up there. He is a horse we have loved for a long time. Man, the horse is just a win machine. Um, and, you know, he's coming off a stakes win at, at Sam Houston. He's also got a win at Oakland. I mean, he's he's ready to roll here. So, uh, and this was a tough decision for me between those two. I ended up on Hollis. I just think if Hollis runs his best race, he's a little bit better than Greeley and Ben. Uh, and then my long shot is the four knee deep in snow. I really like that horse. Uh, won an allowance earlier here at Oakland. Last time out, didn't have anywhere to go, anywhere to run. Gets bottled up and, and kind of draw a line through it. So uh, I would go nine, three, four in the spot. By the way, uh, they did get that ball to yep. St. Peter's and it's 81 76 so they're 30, beat. 31 seconds left yeah they're beat I mean yep. this is uh this is insanity yep uh I, I do think I'm a little surprised that you picked Hollis after going I'm why am I why are whoa shit <laughs> maybe they're not beat hang on <laughs> hang on what is what the hell was that? I thought he was throwing it up um Hollis to me at at six furlongs is 
concerning. I, I, I think he's really, really good at five and a half. And at six, he's just good. And maybe that's all it's going to take here. But I do think that you've got a little bit of threats and with with a few with I do I'm I'm on the floor as well. I like knee deep in snow. I think that horse. If you go back and watch that race, um, you know that race at uh, at San Houston, the last out. That's a pivotal race here because you got Greeley and Ben who came out of that. It uh, won that. Mr. Moneybags finished second, came back to win. This horse. I don't know if he's going to beat Greeley and Ben that day. The four knee deep in snow, but he was. He did not get a good run down the stretch, and then when he finally got room, he just kind of. You know, came home and so he finished fourth. I think it would have been a lot closer. So he, he's a, I think he's a solid outside shot at eight to one, but I, I mean, I'll do it for him. I'll do it for him since you're not. I'll do number three, Greeley and Ben. I just, he, he hasn't, he's just a, he's just a hard trying horse. And I get that he's stepping up as a tough race. You know, obviously, uh, his first, I believe it's, yeah, it's his first graded stakes, but. He's just not, he's not done much wrong, you know, and he kept, he's beating horses that come back to win. So he's beating good rate. He's winning good races. He loves uh, Oakland. He loves this distance. And he, I just, he kind of reminds me of a horse that no matter the class level, he's going to just, he's going to give you a tough run, you know, maybe he's not good enough. Maybe you find out here, but I think you're, if you can get anywhere in the ballpark of that nine to two, I think to me, he offers the most value of the race. And, you know, not to forget, he lost, he, he 12 of last 13, the only loss, which was second to just mine, who's really, really good. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, I think I picked Greeley and Ben like 12 times in a row. So uh, it's very rare that I do not pick Greeley and Ben. Uh, yeah, he, he ran pretty well over this Oakland surface too uh, the last time he tried it. So uh, there's no reason not to pick him here. I, I just, I think, um, you know, there is he is the type. He's going to make whoever beats him earn it. They're going to have to run a really, really good race. Yeah, you know, he's uh, at Oakland Park. He's got five wins and 10 starts and two seconds. So yeah. he's obviously been very, very good at Oakland Park. And, uh, and you know, I think he's going to, I think he's going to, he's one of those horses that I feel like you can trust. Um, mm-hmm. I agree. Mark says he's never seen a horse who loves five and a half but hates six. Um, such an odd horse. I like Chilling Trist on top, throwing them down. Um, he's got the fairground shipper angle, but yeah, he, it is interesting, uh, Mark. You know, the six furlongs. You look, you look at some of Hollis's last races. You know, the King Cotton. He was not good at all. Bob's Edge uh, was a horse who just dominated that. Of course, this horse beat six and a half links. Race prior at five and a half at Oakland, he ran a 109 buyer and just killed him. Looked really good. And then after that race, ran at five and a half furlongs at Oakland, killed him again. And then at six furlongs, the horse uh, at Ellis last year, not good. I mean, it's just the six furlong mark. He's, I mean, he has won at it. He, he, you know, he has won at six furlongs at Oakland Park. So it's not like he, he can't do it. It's just for whatever reason here lately, the six furlong mark has just not been something that he loves. Uh, it's, it's, it's an oddity. I don't think it's, Specifically, he hates six furlongs. I just think he's bounced a few times in those races. It's odd. Like you watch, you watch the race where he set the track record at five and a half, three starts back. He would have won it at, at a mile that day. Like it, it wasn't. It didn't have anything to do with the distance. He was just on fire. In the same way with the with the with the trip last time out, it's like yeah, he would have beat those horses if that was a six furlong race, no doubt. So it's just one of those odd things. He hasn't run very well when when he when he's been entered in these six furlong races. I, I don't. I truly believe he can do it, and he can do it just as well. He just hasn't proved it. So, I, if you're going to look just at the form, there's no way I can argue the point that either one of you makes. He does not run well at this distance. There's no way I can argue it. But I do agree with uh, with what you're saying and what I, I said this on the on the preview that you can find at racing at the racing dudes uh, YouTube page. Is I do think Hollis is the class of the race. I mean, I don't think there's a lot of debate behind that, but for whatever reason, you know, maybe the outside draw, maybe he can sit off of it just a tad. Maybe that's enough to get him to kind of, you know, have that kick a little bit later in the in the race and, and get home. But it gives you a reason to try to beat him, I think, at least in my book. So I'm on number three, Greeley and Ben. It's gonna be a great race. Yeah, that's gonna be 
It's gonna, I mean, I get that it's no, I mean, it sucks not to have derby races, but this, these two races are at least, I think these these are fun races to watch and bet. Um, oh, yeah. Both provide value, um, both provide options. So I think you're going to get some, I think you're going to get the kind of the prices you want to play in these races. Yep, I totally agree. They're Oakland specials. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's kind of like, kind of feels like they like, they could like, coin these races you know what i mean like every every oakland like race like this seems like this year has just been like you kind of know what you're gonna get it's the hardest track in the country to pick winners <laughs> i'm telling you it, it's it not even close it's not even close it's the hardest track in the country to pick winners all right let's go to race nine the essex handicap grade three with 500k uh for four-year-olds uh, and up we're going one and one and one sixteenth miles field of eight lines up for this one halterman and again you got another competitive race maybe as you know eight horses but a bunch of them have shots here you got two to one on plainsman brad cox has got two legit shots in here with plainsman the four and three warriors charge at seven to two seven to two on the uh the one horse there the deodoro this uh thomas shelby tyler ready at 12 to one popular kid is a six to one radar superstar at eight to one bow luminaire for eight to eight to one for percent and then you got uh Hinali's who not Houdini at 10 to 1. So you, you know it's a tough race when you only have eight horses and the highest price is 12 to 1 on the morning line. It, it gives you options here. I think Brad Cox has him over a barrel in this race, Jared, but I wouldn't be shocked if he doesn't. I, he has two really nice horses here. He's got Plainsman, the four horse, who's very consistent. He always shows up with a good effort. And he's going to be tough to beat. He's kind of like Greeley and Ben. You can beat him, but you're gonna he's gonna make you earn it. You're gonna have to run well. And then he's got Warriors Charge. And you don't know what this horse is ever gonna do. He may show up, put his dick in the dirt so fast <laughs> and not run at all. Or he might go out and absolutely blaze and kill him. Neither I would surprise you. And neither will surprise you. No, I remember no. I had a chance to go to the NHC. All he had to do was win at Lone Star at a mile. And he broke last. And not just broke last, he was 10 links behind when he broke from the gate. And never so, tried running the whole race. No, and never picked up his fucking feet the whole time. Yeah. And then the next race, like he won. So, no, he finished second to uh, Maxfield. So, anyway, um, that being said, I'm playing both of them in the Maltese and moving on. But I am going to put Plainsman on top. I like the consistency. Uh, I, I, this horse has faced some really, really nice horses. Scar Mile, you know, got beat by those Pletchers, but still ran pretty well. Came here to Oakland, one last time out. I like Plainsman. I just like the consistency, but I'm not going to be shocked if he gets beat here. I think, I kind of think you're, uh, you're spot on there with the two Cox horses. I would play the four over the three, just from the fact that, like, yeah, it's kind of like Mark says, like, you know, the three is like playing Russian roulette each time. You just don't know what you're going to get. I mean, you... And it makes it difficult. I mean, if you're playing multis, you either got to have some stones or you got to just suck it up and, and include that horse because you don't want that horse to beat you. You know, I, the quotes from Brad this week were like, he kind of thinks he could win um, with both of them, you know, or they could finish one, two in this race. So, I mean, yeah, thanks, and it's very possible. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprising at all. Um, Plainsman to me is the one I like, the one I'm going to pick on top as well. Like you said, he's just been most consistent. I mean, he, he's really ran. You go back. I mean, I think he might even run better. He should run better from the Razorback even. I mean, that was sure. off a layoff uh, and ran really, really well, of course, to win that Razorback. You know, he finished third, only beat three links. That was a reason he made a lot of sense in the Razorback because he only beaten three links in the grade one cigar mile to American Revolution and following C. Um, I mean, this horse is it's a classy horse and is kind of continuing to get better. Rosario back aboard, which I'm very happy to see um, as well. So to me, there is pace in here with Warriors Charge and Thomas Shelby. You know Thomas Shelby, the one horse, is going to go. I think Plainsman offers the ability to sit very close, but still be tactical and then have that, you know, he's going to grind. He, he, that's what he does. He'll grind late. And so he maybe is not the most, you could argue he's not like the most talented of the of the group like maybe warriors charge on a peak is more talented debatable um but he's definitely the most dependable so that's why i like uh, the pl uh, plainsman as well how about 
the one horse I kept going back to, and I wanted to at least ask you about this one because um, as, as good as Brissette has been uh, at Oakland this year, Bo Luminary uh, at 8-1, to one, Luminary at 8-1, to one, you know, talking about that Tinsel earlier, finished third in that race uh, last year, of course, in, in December to Lone Rock and Thomas Shelby. But this horse was really, really good uh, kind of prior to that in allowance-type races at Keeneland uh, and Churchill Downs. You know, if this, if we do see some sort of weird, like, throw down on the front end is you know maybe he can run them down yeah i actually with magic and i on the video i i, I picked that horse as the long shot i think eight to one's fair uh coming off a lay a little bit of a layoff but I, I, that doesn't bother me and you know dave kind of mentioned the thomas shelby warriors charge maybe they do knock heads they both are going to want the lead i think each jockey's smart enough to know not to go out there and knock heads just with these two horses only but you never know and and so if it speeds up i do think bow luminary is kind of the horse that can that can pick up the pieces late maybe not win maybe hit the board um you got rated our superstar there too kind of the same type of horse you know maybe maybe you kind of get ballsy you can say hey let's let's play this plainsman let's let's pick him as the cox and then put the six and the seven up yeah and ultimately that's and that was kind of the final nail for me to pick plainsman because even though i get that angle there is going to be enough speed to where maybe it softens him up enough to but i don't necessarily trust that that horse can run him down but i do think the four plainsman is very tactical enough to do it so to me he's he's going to be tough and that's why i picked uh i'm with you here i picked number four plainsman to win the essence well, listen, the spiders have won, the peacocks have won, the catamounts <laughs> would fit in, right? The catamounts, that would yeah, right? <laughs> Jeez, man. <laughs> well, if, 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 if anything else, if you want to look at any silver lining here, I mean, it's going to be a fun couple weeks. I mean, shit. Honestly, I, I never bet like the spreads with this. I just fill out the brackets because it's so damn unpredictable. I don't bet. I don't bet those point spreads with this. So I'm with you. Like the brackets over now. Fuck it. Like I'm just gonna watch these games. They're gonna be a lot more fun. I'll fill out the bracket as I go. So <laughs> I'll do yeah. it that way. How's it? How's uh? How's uh? Papa Dude doing here? Oh, he's doing horrific. <laughs> What which which person is he? Is he sooner? Yeah, he's sooner fourteen twenty, I think. The only the only the only people that he's beating are people that didn't forgot to fill out their bracket. <laughs> he has three right. <laughs> the only two people that he's beating are are uh, oh one of them is freaking Curtis. Yeah, Magic didn't didn't fill his out. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> idiot. And this other guy was tweeting. He said, "Hey, it's locked this morning." And I went on there like, "It's not locked." He's like, "You're right. It's not. I'm on it now." And it looks like he didn't finish it. Yeah, so I forgot to hit cool. submit on the old bracket submission. So, <sighs> where yeah. are you at? What? How many points do you have? I have. 50. Oh, you got fifty. You and I both have fifty. But you know, you you have uh, sixteen eighty possible left. I'm down now. Down to eleven hundred. <laughs> yeah uh, but yeah i'm not i mean i'm doing terrible like i said it's it's awful it's awful but you know the thing about when when kentucky loses like you said that's gonna hurt everybody so that's not that big of a deal yeah i mean that's i mean it, it the best well you know obviously i went i flipped i went back and forth between picking kentucky or picking arizona or kentucky in my finals um and so, obviously, the ideal situation would have been to, because everyone's going to have Kentucky, for the most part, going to have them in the final, well, Elite Eight, Final Four, maybe. So, it's not a big blow, but it is a blow when you're like, I'm usually the opposite. Like, I'm usually like, I'll, I, I try to pick the upsets, and then later in the bracket, I'll have most of the right, you know, I'll have a lot of the right ones, because it's more of the, like, standard teams for a lot, you know, most of the time. Mm-hmm. But, man, I'm... I'm down to two <laughs> wins. Gonzaga gave me a scare earlier. Shit, man. And then what was Arizona play? They'll probably lose. So well, I think they're tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, well, I, save my, save my bracket for tomorrow, I guess. Well, you know, UCLA is a team I've got uh, going a long ways. Elite eight, I think. And, and my dad Elite thinks eight. Akron can beat them today, a, but shit, he can't get anything right. So that's good. that he thinks that, <laughs> uh. Um, 
Who is what's the score of the Creighton game? Uh Creighton game is uh they're down to 68-66 San Diego State. So I almost picked uh I picked Creighton and I almost picked uh them to beat Kansas the next round. I'm glad I didn't. Although maybe I will, maybe we'll see. Kansas will probably lose the 60, you know, versus 16. So see, that's funny because I thought Creighton could beat Kansas and yeah. Creighton doesn't look like they're going to beat San Diego State. So. <laughs> that's uh gotta love it, man. Um yeah. Obviously, that's a wrap, right, on the show. Uh, yep. Of course, go to racingdudes.com for more. And, you know, if you're playing this uh, tournament with us, so you can follow along. Uh, of course, Racing Dudes Premium. Get that at racingdudes.com. Click the big button. Speaking of Racing Dudes Premium and speaking of tournaments, we have a uh, a cool new addition to the site here, or at least part of uh, the bonuses you get as being, as being a subscriber. So if you are a premium subscriber, Racing Dudes Premium Subscribers, so that means, you know, solo bombs, rockets, just regular, any kind of monthly, you know, every three months, whatever it is, if you're a premium subscriber, you can now compete against us. Me, Samich, Halterman, uh, Magic, if he remembers to submit his picks. <laughs> the team, uh, at Ra- you know, the Racing Dudes team, you can compete against us on, ho- on horse tourneys, pick and pray tournaments at horse tourneys. Uh, we're doing bi-weekly tournaments. Every Friday, starting April 1st. So the first one's April 1st. And it's going to be the feature tournaments that Horse Tourneys does for that day. Uh, and you can prove yourself to us. You can win cash prizes. It's going to be $10 to enter. So you get ex- the exclusive ability to enter these tournaments. And then $10 to pool goes in, obviously, plus a $150 uh, bonus uh, site credit to Horse Tourneys for each winner of that. Uh, we're going to do this for you know the next couple of months. And uh, the goal here is to see this thing flourish and people like it, enjoy it. We're gonna we're gonna make this into a massive thing and kind of a qualifier each week or every week, every other week, and qualify for something major at the end of the year. But right now, it's just gonna be with these bi-weekly tournaments. So if you are a Racing Dudes premium subscriber, go to RacingDudes.com. Just subscribe to any of our monthly packages. It's a good time to do it, anyways, with the Derby coming up and all the guides. You get those for free as well. It's a good time to do it. So you can get those included. Plus, you can be uh, be entered in all these tournaments that we're going to be doing uh, in the coming months. Remember, April 1st is the first one. Make sure you go, if you are a subscriber already, go into your dashboard. You'll see the link in there. That gets you signed up um, on the Horse Attorneys website. All right. Remember, we are your destination for all free horse racing picks um, and apparently not great NCA bracket uh, <laughs> picks either. But we are good at horse racing. Uh, we're on Twitter at racing underscore dudes. Instagram and Facebook. You listen to it. all the episodes uh, of Blinkers Off by visiting our podcast page on the website, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the same places you guys listen to your podcasts. Of course, you can watch all these episodes as well uh, on our YouTube channel on YouTube. Just search Racing Dudes. Uh, remember, go check out the Magic Mike Show on all those same platforms. They did Saturday, uh, Goldstream Park late pick four. So they did a little late pick four action at Goldstream Park on Saturday. We covered some Oakland Park action. So, you know, no derby stuff, but we do have some picks to give you um, around the country. Final thoughts, Halterman. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, the good news is if your bracket is busted, just go back to horse racing. You know, we had a really good day today at Oakland. We had a good day at Gulfstream as well. Hit pick fives at Gulfstream, or hit a pick five at Gulfstream and a pick four at Oakland on just an $18 ticket and the pick five at Gulfstream was on a $72 ticket. So uh, we're, we're locked and loaded with racing and uh, listen, your bracket's busted. No big deal. Just head on over to racingdudes.com and play the races instead of the stupid basketball. Just watch. The basketball. <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted to show you guys a new, uh, if you're watching this, make sure you, you know, if you're, or if you're listening to this, I should say, make sure you go to our YouTube page and, and watch this or just go to racingnews.com and click it on any, any of the free, uh, uh, pages but if you look at here and i'll take that shit off the, the page there but if you look at any of the uh, our free pick pages we've now added something to the top uh that kind of gives you an idea of how each track is performing from a premium pick level so obviously tampa bay i text Salterman this morning is like damn son doing all right at tampa bay we hit a big uh pick five that's why you see that pick five there at forty seven thousand nine fifty eight. But it gives you an idea of exactly how everything's going at that particular track. So you can see here at Tampa Bay Downs, uh, year-to-date winnings over $105,000. The exact is $3,000. Trifecta is $9,300. Superverse, whatever, you know, $49,000. Uh, 
uh, in the last uh, in the last week. And every track, obviously, uh, will give you that information. You just go to our free picks page, click the track you bet, um, and obviously Aqueduct is going to show you, and it's going to have you all, all that kind of stuff too. So it kind of gives you an idea if you're a pick five player, pick four, whatever you are, how we're doing. You know what what kind of bets are doing well and of course you can access all the bets that we're going to give for each race there um at racingdudes.com and again if you want to to find out how everything's doing you can just scroll on down here to uh, kind of an overall view here it shows you exactly month to date this week eighty-eight thousand. uh obviously yesterday resets and then like the likely winners and uh uh, in the money and how, how the, how we're doing 7% with our likely winners we give out in our premium picks. So just kind of a, a better way to give you guys an overall view uh, of how everything's doing uh, with our premium pick level. So a couple new additions there on the website. So make sure you go to, you know, racingnews.com, hit up that premium section. This is a good time to do that. Be a subscriber. You get access to that. You get ex- access to the tournaments, tons of shit going on. Um, you know, I was kind of hoping this weekend, it's like, you know what? No racing. It's going to be, you know, we'll be watching some, but I'll be, you know, watching my bracket. I'm like, shit, man. I'll just, I'll just get drunk now. I mean, I don't know. Like, I would just open up, um, you know, anything but Twins Fires and just fire away at the races <laughs> instead. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Hopefully, uh, your brackets are doing better than ours. And uh, obviously, we'll be back next week. Uh, for another podcast, another Blinkers Off podcast, we'll be doing uh, Derby Talk, of course. We've got big preps to talk about next weekend. We'll be on probably live. Um, I think we're going to be live or we're doing the, we're going to be doing an instant reaction video. So make sure you keep an eye out for that on our YouTube page for the draw. The Louisiana Derby draw is this weekend, which is awesome. So it gives us a head start. Yep. We'll have, well, yeah, instant reaction, which I just found out about. I didn't know we were doing that. Uh, I found out a little bit earlier today. And then, yeah, uh, we'll probably have some you know, reaction videos uh, on YouTube of the two stakes races at Oakland as well. Mark says the dog looked more tired than Kentucky did. So there you she's, go. She's uh, restless today, it's Mark. Late. It's kind of late for Philly to be up, isn't it? It's late. She's That's why she came upstairs. She wants her good night treat and to go to bed. <laughs> she goes to bed at 9 o'clock. So. All right. <laughs> well, it's you it's know, 9.02. So. She's right on cue. It's 9 o'clock. So we need to get off here. Yeah. Philly. Hey, you want your treat? No, she's not paying attention. All right, guys. Uh, all right. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. I'm Jared Welch. He's Aaron Halterman. She's Philly Halterman. <laughs> Good luck this weekend. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. <laughs> the old man's gonna do it. It's Whitmore in the Breeders' Cup Sprint.